Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 301, where we have a fantastic interview attached to the episode. Yes, we do. That interview is with uh, Brody. Brody, what's his last name? Morgan. Morton? Morgan. Morgan. Brody Morgan. All right, there we go. Brody Morgan from Cuffs yes. out in Bristol. Yes. I uh, want to shout out to Matt as well. He wasn't on the interview, but Matt always reaches out with the music and such. Uh, when Cuffs releases new stuff, and we're going to be talking about Cuffs' new release that'll be coming out on the 10th. I'll be mentioning that here, uh, as we do have a great interview and a lot of great songs. Eric's got a compilation he wants to talk about. He's mm -hmm. got some new show or live shows rather that he's going to talk about. So we're going to get into it. I'm going to talk quick. Thankfully, the songs are short. Right. Uh, starting on the 21st of January, Slovensky Punk Rock Portal compilation came out. It was Punk Rock Volume 22. Less, they put out Social Disappointment EP uh, on the 21st. We love Less. Montegrande released Distancia EP on the 22nd. On Activar, Haslo Tumiscus, I don't know if I got that right, but also on that release or label, uh, Distante released Cara Acción Cuenta. Now, both those on the 22nd. On the 22nd as well, Sworn released a four-song album, pro album promo on Sam Strong Records. Crossfade released Built from the Wreckage on Melodic Punk Style on the 23rd. Also on the 23rd, No Edge Records released This Is Punk Compilation Volume 2. Mark Murphy and the Meds released Monochrome on the 23rd. Haymaker released digitally and Out Come the Skins EP. It's four-track. They have at least two covers on there. I know Proud Mary and uh, Rockin' the Free World, uh, both obviously covers. And I think that the vinyl version came out just over a year before that. But the digital version just came out. You can go check it out on iTunes or Spotify. Pain, and that is P-A-I-N acronym, Released The Last Demos on the 24th on RotaryVinyl.com. Also on Rotary Vinyl, you'll find Rubella Ballet releasing Rich With Our Money on the 24th. Spark of Life released Song of Hope featuring Fred Armisen. That's a single, and that's on New Age Records. Backfire released Out of the Spotlights single on Rebellion Records. And I think that's a single leading up to a full-length release. Fake News released Nothing Town, which is a single on the 25th. Power Plant released Broodmother single on Static Shock Records on the 26th. Vanilla Muffins released a new single, You're Just Ugly is the name of it, on the 26th. <laughs> Fighting cool. for Scraps, cool, right? <laughs> I haven't even had a chance to listen to it. I just came across it today. I've got it. It's in the queue, but I've got a long queue of stuff to get to. So I really want to check out the Vanilla Muffins uh, new one. Uh, I want to check out Fighting for Scraps, new album, 1924. They did an album release party that came out on the 27th. Absolved also released uh, At the Close EP and did an album or an EP release show over the weekend. I'll be talking about that a little later. <laughs> Barabbas du Forta, Fortapede released Discussions on Existentialism, which is an EP on Pasaderic Pat's Records. Dead Sex Puppets, that's the name of the band, released Album. 
you know, album, but I'll bum. And if you see the album cover, it is a big fat person's ass. Oh, uh, really? I thought it was going to be a big fat hobo. Nope, just a, <laughs> just a big ass. So I'll bum. That's what the album cover is. I'll bum. Well, maybe cover all platforms. Just be like a big fat hobo's ass. <laughs> it could have been. I didn't find out who the ass belonged to. <laughs> oh, no writer's credit or no art, artistic credit. I bet if you get a hard copy and maybe in the CD leaflet or album or something, if they're doing a vinyl mm. copy, you might be able to find it there. All right. Not sure, though. The mystery of the ass. <laughs> Lawmaker released a new single, Big Dreams, Small City on the 27th. Stay Out released Don't Trust Your Government. That was a single on the 27th. That's good advice. Uh, Marching Orders released from 2002 to 2020, uh, basically the greatest hits of sorts. Uh, I was on 27th, Love Marching Orders. Speed Plans released uh, Statues of God on the 27th. Boogie Hammer released dot, 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 rocks for Boogie <laughs> Hammer rocks. Rocks. Uh, Asteroid released Me Amor, Me Destroy on the 27th. Uh, a split track, as far as I can tell. I heard the track. It sounded definitely like the band Primetime Failure, who we've done an interview with. But it's Primetime Failure and Heart Attacked. Uh, Blueprint is the name of the single. I think both are on it because it doesn't appear to be a split. just appears to be a single. And they're both listed as being a part of it. But I could definitely tell that Primetime Failure was a part of the single because I did get a chance to listen to it. on the, uh, That came out on the 27th. The band Pascal, P-A-S-C-A, or C-O-W, they released Sieben. It's a German band because the song titles, a lot of them anyway, were in German. And it's spelled S-I-E-B-E-N if you want to look that up. Out of Chaos released Dogma EP on the 29th. Aggressive Combat released a self-titled, I think it was an EP from Tough Ain't Enough Records on the 30th. Geisha's a Doom Released Sickest Music for the Sickest People, Volume 4. Send it to us. I got to check it out, and we'll definitely be playing that on an upcoming episode. Confront Stage also sent us their, I, I'm calling it an EP. I think it's called a single uh, from Russian. It's in Russian. I don't even know what the letters equal, but I know that from Russian, it translates into English as Where is Freedom? There's two tracks on there, so I called it an EP because there's a lot of singles that is legitimately one single. But... You know, a single release is technically a front side and a back side, so two tracks is also a single. Yeah. Just clarifying. That came out on the 30th. On the 1st, Bet on Red released Addict's Lament, which is a single. Social Anxiety released People Like You, which is a single. Detrition released Nothing Left to Lose, which is a single on Little Willie Records. Uber U will be releasing Silver Lining on Friday, this Friday, the 3rd. Ruskaja is releasing Turbo Polka Party on Napalm Records. The Hanging Judge will be releasing their self-titled LP. You'll be able to find that on Lake Town Records, Sunny Bastards Records, and Liberty or Death Records. Fury of Five is releasing Feel the Rain, that's R-E-I-G-N, Rain, which is a single on Upstate Records. And Conservative Military Image will be releasing The Drug is Anabolic on Lionheart Records, all on the 3rd. There'll be a shit ton more releases on the 3rd because this 3rd, this Friday the 3rd, is Bandcamp Friday. Yep. So I'm sure I'll have a whole lot to talk about next week when that comes out. I got a few more to mention that came out on the 10th and the 11th. On the 10th, or that will be coming out, Sial, S-I-A-L, released, or will be releasing Sangkar on La Vida Es Un Mus Discos. 
this means War is releasing a new single called Wake Up. Love that band. Cuffs is releasing to Hell and Back, which we'll be talking about here uh, as we get closer to doing the interview on the show. Airstream Futures is going to be releasing Armor, Armor La Harmony on Rad Amour. Girlfriend. It's A-R-M-E-R. A-R-M-E-R? Yeah. Amir. There you go. We'll go with that. Amir La Harmony. And that's on Rad Girlfriend Records. Also, Wrong Life will be releasing, self-titled Wrong Life. You'll find that on Rad Girlfriend Records. Dead Sex Puppets will be releasing a second LP called Suck. Meaning if you read it and you read the album cover, it says Dead Puppets Suck. And that's coming out on the 10th. Uh, two releases on the 11th to look forward to. Wrong, R-O-N-G, is releasing Versed, W-U-R-S-T, on Kinda Cool Records. And finally, Ghostwood Murder is releasing Sportsman. Eric, that's all I've got. My list was long. What do you got to add to the list? A uh, semi-long list. Okay. Uh, for one, uh, the band Zulu has been pretty busy, and I did not know that. Uh, I actually figured that out when uh, do- diving into uh, Flat Spots Records for you know, their compilation. Right. And Zulu is signed to them, and wouldn't you know it, they've released a couple of singles, one back in November called Fakin' the Funk, and one just on the 14th. Uh, called Where I'm From, which features uh, Pierce Jordan and Obiyama Ogana. And that is all set to come out on a release in either February, the end of February or the beginning of March. It's like, it's sort of weird. On their Instagram, they said uh, March 3rd. Okay. But on, the, but on Flat Spot Records Bandcamp, it says February 27th. So... Either one of those days, just uh, you know, just look out. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that album, A New Tomorrow, is going to be coming out within the next four weeks. So cool. keep an eye out for that. Uh, yeah, on the 20th, Two Minute Minor released uh, Attitude, which was uh, live at the Liars Club. That's their cover of Bad Brains. And they actually did a better job at a Bad Brains cover than Blood Clot did. Nice. <laughs> ha! Suck it, John. All right. <laughs> also on the 20th, three-year released a single, I No Longer Wish to Try. On the 24th, that Spark of Life fr- song from Song of Hope featuring Fred Armizan. Uh, the 27th, Enforced released Ultra Violence, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later. And also the Flat Spot Records compilation, The Extermination, Volume 4, came out. We'll be talking about that in just a little bit. And the 27th, Absolved at the Close. Oh, that was a great EP. It is a great EP. You would know it because if you listened to a couple episodes ago, you got to hear the song Thrill House. And I got to see them play that entire EP and their entire first EP live. Not necessarily in the chronological order, but... Yeah, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. (laughs) A lot of few minutes. Uh, Finally, on the third, All Out War will be releasing their album Celestial Rot. So if you want some gritty, beat-down hardcore, All Out War has got you covered. Nice. And uh, I guess not. that's not final, that's penultimate. Finally, on the 10th, Boss's Daughter going to be releasing Bouts with Bummers. And they will be touring pretty soon. Actually, cool. they just announced a small tour. They won't be coming here, but they, uh, they will be in the uh, western United States, which is where they're from. They come from Reno. Right. Right. Okay. All so. right, let's get into that new music. Let's get into that compilation, because we got an interview to get to and a lot to get to on the show. Yeah, that compilation. I, oh, man. Poor, poor, pitiful me having to choose three songs. Well, no, two songs. 
but I raised it to three. <laughs> and even then, I still think I have some uh, <laughs> some layover. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll pro- I'll probably be talking a bit more about it in the next episode. But for this one, let's get you introduced to Flat Spot Records and their fourth fourth compilation of The Extermination. Now, this label's been around for a while. They were founded almost 20 years ago in 2004. Awesome. And they housed a lot of heavyweights like uh, Trapped Under Ice, Backtrack, Misery, and, uh, oh man, what was the other one? I just saw them today as I was scrolling through their band camp. That'll come back to me. But they have some, they currently have some vital up and comings like the aforementioned Zulu and Scal and Speed and a lot more bands that we're going to be getting into in just a moment. The extermination comps here, they are a way of like promoting a band's exclusive tracks. How exclusive? Oh, you will know. <laughs> Again, there's a lot of stuff to look forward to, uh, but some standouts I wanted to, uh, uh, that I wanted to sort of uh, shed light onto that have not been picked. These are the runners up right here. This, the song Punisher from The Chisel. That's just, yep, straightforward, aggressive oi, and it's the only oi track on that album. <laughs> Yeah, most of it's a lot of uh, hardcore, and, and good hardcore, I should say. Uh, Rob Brigade, they did a cover of The Crux's Keep On Running, and End It, just some nice, punchy, madball-style groove and vocal flow. Awesome. How he sounds? Well, sort of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and which brings us to the first track that I want to unveil here, the song Nothing to Show by Law of Power. Law of Power, they are... An L.A. hardcore band. They formed in the depths of quarantine, as they say. They released a self-titled EP in 2021, consisting of the uh, punchy, blunt statements of old-school hardcore and the new, the new school metal tinge sound of modern hardcore. And that includes lyrics. How blunt are they? That includes lyrics about violence, drugs, and beer to flex more of their oi influence. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And... Yeah, and the song that I chose here, Nothing to Show, uh, the lyrics of which go, wake up, sleep, intoxicate, repeat. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, it's like a Black Flag meets terror kind of approach. I mean, Black Flag never sang about drinking, though Greg Ginn did smoke a lot of weed and was listening (laughs) to a lot of Sabbath. And that's why Black Flag's later uh, songs from uh, My War On get so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we're not here to talk about Black Flag, we're here to talk about Law of Power, and we're here to listen to them. So here we go, Law of Power, nothing to show. Never stop. Broken teeth and a fortress. 
And that's the majority of songs you're going to get on this compilation. <laughs> We're going to find out more in a minute. Yes, you will. <laughs> but, well, sort of, kind of. The thing is, I wanted to, I listened to this album, I lost count how many times. <laughs> I was really trying to, like, to latch down which ones stood out the most and which ones would best uh, uh, be exemplary of the... Uh, well, there's about 10, 10 or yeah, so tracks, 10 right? Tracks. So the like, differ the difference between all of the between all of the tracks, the Just, variety, yeah, the variety. Thank you. Just like the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, the variety of all these uh, of all the different sounds coming in. There are some shorter hardcore songs on there that barely pass a minute. There's some uh, longer, more metal tinged tracks, and there are some that kind of have a little bit of everything. And this next one. Uh, kind of falls into that category. This is the song Unhinged by Section Hate. Now, Section Hate is also from L.A. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, West Coast in here. And <clears throat> they, uh, they formed a little earlier. They formed in uh, 2018. And such members were already established in playing in bands like Nomads, Human Garbage, and Downpressor. <clears throat> awesome. And they, they really promote the DIY ethic in all of their in all of their music and their attitude and everything and they sort of took the reins of uh of the California scene playing a lot of those DIY shows including one that was played under the overpass which was their first show back after the pandemic awesome. and thousands of people gathered and chaos ensued there were bonfires fireworks police helicopters the whole nine yards <laughs> So That's amazing. You you don't really uh, get a lot of that these days, but Section Hate there. is bringing it. Uh, so yeah, like I said, they preach and practice and encourage anyone and everyone to join in on the scene. No matter no matter your background, no matter your general preferences, it's all inclusive, right? So yeah, the song Unhinged. It. I can't say that it that it pushes that message. I like to think that it does, but alas, I couldn't hear most of the lyrics. I, could, I couldn't slow down a little bit, just slow down the track a little bit, just to, okay, this is what, it's, this is what he's saying. <laughs> I got another, there's another funny part in this compilation that I will get to when I talk about my third pick of trying to, trying to say, what the fuck was he saying here? <laughs> But musically, it's got a lot of, it starts with some uh, breakneck speed right at the start. It's got chant sections in the chorus. It breaks to a groove-laden change of, the, uh, <clears throat> of pace halfway through. And that's only after the guitarist shreds for a bit. And the leads spice up the rest of said groove section before reverting back to its thrashy riving from the start. So it just comes full circle. <laughs> And the vocals, while I can't understand what the lyrics are, they sound pretty close to that of Freddie Madball. So, so yeah, not the same type of inflections. We know how Freddie goes. He's sort of like rapping over it because like, he's got the groove sort of hip-hop influence, but he sounds like him, like almost identical. So, so yeah, Freddie's going to be coming back a lot. <laughs> 
Well, Section Hate's cool. I played him on a, an episode we did on SLC Punkcast back in April of 2019. It was episode 96.5. We were just featuring hardcore because we did an episode featuring just New York hardcore. And we're like, well, you know what? Hardcore ain't just there. And so we did a whole bunch of other hardcore. And at the time, it was only two months old. Their track, 80 Anno Diabolus. We played that mm. one then. And then over on Punkanoi. Worldwide, I also played a track, Welcome to the Nightmare, off of that release that came out uh, July of 2021, so just post-pandemic, right? Yeah. <laughs> they released Welcome to the Nightmare, and they had a track called Street Sweeper that featured Tim Armstrong, so played that one uh, over there as well. Mm-hmm. They got a cool sound. I like the band. Yeah, they are pretty awesome. And if you don't know what they sound like, well, you're about to, you're about to hear it. This is... Unhinged. I see you have made your decision. Now let's see you enforce it. Yeah, that's about the only lyric I was able to uh, <laughs> grasp out of there. Okay, so yeah, what I was saying about his uh, uh, the comparison to uh, Freddie Madball, I should have noted that yeah, there is that part in the in the groove that he is starting to uh, pick up more from uh, Freddie's book on uh, vocal inflections. So he is kind of uh, rapping a bit more with the uh, groove parts. Right. So yeah. My mistake, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, you do see what I mean with him uh, sounding like uh, a current Freddy. Yep. <laughs> He's got that, ah! <laughs> I can't do a Freddy impression to save my life, but... Me neither. <laughs> but yeah, nor, nor should I. We know how Freddy sounds like, we know how Madball sounds like, and now we all know what Section Hate sounds like. 
Right. Yep, and they are awesome. And this is the only band, the only hardcore band on this compilation that did not have a breakdown. And that is pretty bizarre. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, section eight. Where, is, where are the breakdowns eight? <laughs> uh, but yeah, all the more reason to include it on this. It's like, it's more of a, it's, hardcore is more about build up, breakdown, repeat. But don't worry, we'll be getting more into that, uh, <laughs> that basic <laughs> settlement of what hardcore music is, particularly with, my with the band and album that I chose for this episode to talk about. And we'll get there. A couple more new tracks, though, to get to. Uh, a couple bands that reached out, uh, listened to the stuff. It's cool. We should all check it out together. Jimmy Jr., a band from Ottawa in Canada. Uh, they released The Day Jimmy Fought the Law, and that's J-I-M-I, if you're looking it up. Jimmy Jr. And The Day Jimmy uh, Fought the Law. So uh, you can go check out that release. It came out December 16th of 2022. Uh, the track that we're going to check out together is called Mirrors Up. We're going to do that right now. I want to thank Jimmy for reaching out, getting this on our radar, so we could all check it out together. So here we go, Mirrors Up. <laughs> Very clear. Sure was. You understood those lyrics just fine, didn't you? Yes, I did. I like that <laughs> classic punk sound, the lo-fi uh, demo sound to it. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, the part where it's still like it still feels like it's coming out of a '60s rock and roll. It's not right? too. It's not too big. It's not too aggressive. It's still pretty reserved. It still kind of has this. Uh, still this. Uh, small town feel to it but you know it's still got its edge to it it's, you can't put your finger on it otherwise it'll cut you but <laughs> but you don't really know what it's about you just kind of feel it and that's what this reminds me of it's like very early punk rock and i like it coming at us from ottawa thank you again jimmy go check out jimmy jr the day jimmy fought the law and if you forgot already mirrors up was the name of that track Next up, we're going to bounce over to Lanarkshire in Scotland. Uh, the band is... <laughs> Lanarkshire. <laughs> Lanarkshire. <laughs> uh, you did a much better job. 
the Red Light District is the name of the band. I want to thank David for reaching out and getting this on the radar, getting this for something for us to listen to. I've only heard a couple of the tracks, but uh, I definitely want to dive deeper into this band. And you can too. You can go over to Pleasureland is the name of the EP that they released on December 18th. So both of these brand new releases, just over a month old, end of 2022. And uh, again, thanks to David, we're going to listen to this together. So off of Pleasure Land, the Red Light District is going to bring us the track, You've Lost Your Mind. Thanks for the black account to take. And again, you can understand those lyrics just fine, right? Yes, you, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I did. But don't worry, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be reverting back to uh, lyrics that are a little hard to decipher in just a few seconds, aren't we? We are. Go check out uh, the Red Light District. Uh, I definitely want to get into more of the music. Just I've got such a huge queue of stuff to get through. So, uh, you know, we played this one, You've Lost Your Mind, great track off of Pleasureland, new stuff, and they do have other stuff to listen to and check out. I definitely want to get into more of that. Uh, I'm over on Punkanoi Worldwide playing bands from Spain, but a couple people have mentioned play some from Scotland. Well, I'll be getting there. <laughs> I've been to Spain, do Portugal, and then when I get to the UK, do at least a couple episodes featuring bands like the Red Light District from Scotland on Scotland-only episode, bands from Scotland. So... Uh, you can go check those out. Plus, I just threw up uh, this past week my best albums and best EPs mm -hmm. episode I threw out there. So if, if anybody cares, you can go listen to those. <laughs> I, I, I put them out, and I, I've got my top 25 on each. Uh, play a couple tracks as I make my way through the excuse me make my way through the list and uh, talk about several other releases that came out. Give credit where credits due. Stuff that made an impact on me that I did enjoy listening to. Feel free to go check it out if you want. It's over on Pokemon Worldwide. Back to this show. That was our new tracks. We had a bunch. Our next two tracks are maybe lesser-known bands. I mean, most of these bands could probably fit that description. We're just going <laughs> to continue the train as it's going. Eric, you're up. 
Yeah, this one is definitely lesser known. This, yes. This band is called MAD. What does it stand for? I don't know. Who are they? I don't know. Where are they from? I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. The only information I have on this band is that they are part of the Flat Spot Records Death Death That's the Extermination Volume Four, and that they are indeed signed to Flat Spot Records, and that they sound like a neo crossover band. Think (laughs) Power Trip, something like that. And that's it. That's all the information I have on this. I have no other history. They have no social media, no Instagram, no Facebook, no Bandcamp. The only thing of theirs that exists on Bandcamp is their song, The Axeman's Letter, which is on this compilation. So uh, what else can I say about them? Well, describe, describe the song to you, I guess. It's got very fast tremolo riffing. It takes up a good chunk of the song, but halfway through, it slows it down, and the vocals sing over some ominous intonated guitar waves, and it comes slamming down after being led in the call. Can you tell me where is the line between reality and fantasy? Now, remember what I was saying earlier about having trouble deciphering some of the lyrics? That last word, that last word, fantasy, it got drowned out by the chords once they hit. And I was like, what the fuck is that word he is saying between reality and... I actually had to look it up on Google, the quote, like uh, the line between reality and fantasy. I'm like, okay, that sounds like what, they, what he is saying. I'm like, well, hey, if, you, if I got it wrong, uh, maybe that will influence them to come out of the woodwork. Again, I don't know who this is. For all I know, it could be a super group of all the hardcore thrash greats. Or it could be Riley Gale singing from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> Which, no easy feat, but... <laughs> but yeah, t- talking about the vocals, I mean, his vocal style, I, I appreciate that he's mixing it between uh, singing and shouting, but much in the same way, this uh, overall song reminds me of, uh, of Biohazard. Okay. So, his, yeah, his vocals were reminding me of how Billy does it. Billy uh, Graziadai? Graziadai? I'd call him Billy Bio, which is yeah. his own little project that he has, but Billy Bio just rolls off the tongue a lot easier. But yeah, that's, what, that's mostly what this song reminds me of. It's like a more threat. It's like a cross between Power Trip and Biohazard. So yeah, and it's heavy as all shit, and I love it. So here we go. MAD stands for something. Might. I'll I'll think of something I'll think of something funny for what this name could possibly stand for. We all know it's mutually assured destruction, but that's another band. Oh, excuse me. MAD, the Axeman's Letter.
So yeah, you can hear sort of the little distinctions of those bands, can you? Right? So yeah, M-A-D, and I think I know what it stands for. Mom and Dad. Okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm going to agree with you. Or Mom's a dick. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, M-A-D, I don't know what it stands for, and I don't know who in the fuck these people are. You know, and even if you try and look them up, uh, I did this. I went to Flat Spots uh, Records Instagram, and I tried to look in to see if, uh, you know, when they posted about the Volume 4 compilation coming out, if they had tagged the band. They tagged all the other bands on there except for this one. <laughs> so talk about older or lesser known. This is the digital equivalent of going through the record store, looking in the import section, and you just see the record in its little sleeve. You just see the title of the title of the song and the name of the band and what label has come out. Nothing else. <laughs> no album cover, no uh just nothing else to go off of. So you just have that one song to listen to, and that's about it. <laughs> Who the fuck knows where they are, what they are, or when they'll be back? Right? They don't even have a. They don't even have a back catalog. <laughs> I looked on their. I looked on Flatspot Records website. They have nothing of with that band's name on it. They're just. Maybe they're, they're brand new, and that's all they've got. Maybe so. I'd like to think that that's what it is, but yeah. <laughs> Remember what I was saying earlier? How this is a yeah. This is their way to to release exclusive tracks from bands. Right. Doesn't get much more exclusive than this. <laughs> right. Good luck finding it somewhere else. Yep. And yes, there are bands called MAD out there. There is a metal band from Germany called that. There is also a boy band called that. <laughs> and I guess uh, there's also a little uh, hard rock band from the 2000s that were called that. So it's not an uncommon name, but you'd be fucked to find anything by these guys. So... Guys, all I, all I can tell you is if you like what you heard here, just sit around and wait. Maybe there will be more. Maybe they won't be. But just uh, kind of increases the value of this song, does it not? Right. All right. So that's all I got from uh, Flat Spot Records for this episode. Like I said, I may be revisiting it in the next episode for a couple more tracks that I think need some uh, light shed on them. But we'll see. Join me next week. <laughs> right. And next week, we'll have our, our part two interview with City Saints, so stay tuned for that. Oh, yeah. Speaking of part twos. Right. So, yeah. What is it with twos? <laughs> Just like a, in that same episode, I had, we ended the song with a, by, with a song. We ended the episode with a song from Tupac. <laughs> right. Lots of twos going around. Oh, man. That was uh, good Lord. Anyway... Well, the next track is from the band Rivalry, and they released an EP called Satellite, and they released it on 1-2-2-2-2-2. How's that for twos? <laughs> Reminded me of the, of the 100th episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Okay. Rylock is just going in a frenzy of, like, the number 100 is everywhere. <laughs> and, he's, and even when the people are leaving the house, they're like, we'll see you later. He's like, C. C is the Roman numeral for the number 100. <laughs> So, yeah, that's kind of what it's reminded me of anyway. <laughs> nice. Well, the band Rivalry, they're from New Mills and Derbyshire there in the U.K. I want to thank Mark for reaching out, sharing uh, the Rivalry, Rivalry, not the Rivalry, but Rivalry, their music with us. Uh, again, 12, December 22nd of 2022, so new stuff, just a little over a month old, just like the other ones I was playing. Uh, 
Satellite is the name of the EP, and we are going to play the title track, so let's get into it. We'll see what you think. Here we go with Rivalry. when uh, otherwise uh, simple punk songs include a nice little solo like that. I do <laughs> Guitar too. Guitar solo, I should specify. <laughs> rivalry, rivalry, great track. Satellite was the name. It's cool rock and roll elements in there, and uh, I dig it. Uh, definitely changing the pace from <laughs> some of the hardcore into that, and then uh, we're going to get into some more hardcore here in a minute, but... We'll have a little break from the music as we got to get into some live shows. Eric went and saw some. We have an interview to get to and an album, and then we're going to wrap up the show. So let's get into it, Eric. Yep. I got three shows to uh, talk about, one of which I went to uh, last week after recording last week's episode, and that was the show at your mom's house with Livid, Mandalore, Narc, Ribbons, and Bound. I only managed to get there in time to see Livid. And Livid, they were good. They were good. The pits were fun. There was, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of kids there. There was a lot of adults there. There was a lot of people there, and it was fun. 
<laughs> yeah, Livid was Livid was cool. They had that like grindy power violence uh, idea idea in their music. So I I dig it. I cool. dig it. Um, after that, a few days later, I went to go see Jerk, Goners UK, and Filth Lords at Aces High, and I've seen, I managed to see all of them. I watched, uh, yeah, Filth Lords, they were the standout band for me because they are so heavy and so technical. I love watching their bassist just do his fucking thing. I'm like, that's, that's what I aspire to be. Holy shit, what, what is he even doing? <laughs> but Filth Lords is awesome. I love watching... Uh, I love watching my old editor, Alex Ortega, just uh, scream into a microphone and just lay down some sick licks on that guitar he's playing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Goners UK, they were a lot of fun. I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed their sort of uh, classic street punk sound. <laughs> they even had a, uh, they even did an old switcheroo with the uh, bassist and uh, the lead vocalist. So, the, so yeah, the main bassist, he took over on vocals for a few songs and then they swapped back. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why, but it was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and Jerk, I kind of watched, kind of played pool, kind of watched, kind of played pool. It was, just, <laughs> it was a little back and forth, but they sounded great. They were great. Okay, now the main show that I went to go see, probably the best one, was on the 28th. That was the Absolved EP release show. Awesome. Oh, man, was that great. Now, that also included Mandalore, Recidivist, and Portraits. Portraits, I had only seen... Officially, one other time. Technically, two, because uh, uh, my band Anonymous played with them on the Halloween show. They were the first band to play, and we were busy uh, loading all of our gear out of the cars and into the parking lot. So we didn't exactly get the full experience. Then I did see Portraits uh, a couple months ago. I can't remember uh, what show it was. Oh, yeah, it was the, uh, the benefit show for Rose Park when right. all those condos started moving in. Yeah, they played that show, and they fucking blew me away. I'm like, holy shit, these kids have got some punch to them. Like, fuck me, these guys are great. That's awesome. Yeah, and seeing them this time around, yep, I was blown away by them once again. I even, I stand by this, and I told them uh, after the show, I met with their uh, singer, uh, Derek, and their guitarist, Marcus, that I'm like, you guys are exemplary of what a hardcore band should be. You guys have the energy. You have the aggro behind it. You have such amazing musical dexterity. I'm hearing a lot of disembodied in your music. And after I said that, after I said disembodied, Derek was like, wait, wait, wait. You said disembodied? Yes. Yes, someone else finally recognizes that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude, trust me. I take a lot of pages out of their book as well, so I'm right there with you. Cool. So it, it was cool finally uh, talking to those kids, and I was like, when are you guys going to have anything recorded? He's like, oh, we do. You do? Why don't I know about this? Right? So, so yeah, lo and behold, they, they gave me the information that they have an EP called, uh, uh, it's not Amnesia, it's, uh, it's something else. I'll get back to you on the title, okay. but they do have an EP. It came out last year, and I was like, okay. Oh, shit. This may be something I have to add to my list. Awesome. It did. <laughs> Despite the fact I can't remember the title, but it is just, it is great. I'm excited that they are, I'm excited that they're a band. I'm excited that uh, they even, yeah, they even know me. They're just like, oh, this is Eric from Anonymous. I'm like, well, you actually know my name? I don't even think I met you once before, but at least you know my band. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, and they're, yeah, they're just really excited. I sense the... I sense their uh, genuine love for this uh, 
for this scene and for this music, and I hope they keep going. Awesome. Anyway, uh, mo- yeah, moving moving on from there, the band uh, Recidivist, uh, death metal for hardcore kids. What else can I say? They got the slam and they got the they got the punchy riffs and they got the little tremolo dissonant picking, and I love it. I love it. It's like you see people circle pitting one minute, and then you see people slamming into each other with their uh, you know with their fists <laughs> the next. <laughs> But yeah, Recidivist, I've only seen a couple of times. One of which was when they played the Halloween show doing their uh, Slayer cover set. And I, I applaud them for that because they played one of my favorite, favorite, favorite Slayer songs. That one being Temptation. So I was stoked that they did that. That's cool. But I am, yeah, but other than that, I am stoked that they are a band. I'm stoked that they have an EP out as well. That also made my list. So cool. <laughs> I'll be, but I'll be talking about that in the next, uh, hopefully next week. I'm, I got a couple more things to, uh, to iron out on my list. And I'll be ready to talk about it Perfect. in due course. Okay, and Mandalore. I missed him the, at the first attempt last week. So my second attempt, yeah, it was awesome. They also released an EP, and it's on my list. I'm just getting that out of the way. Yeah, and Absolve's EP is uh, on my list for this year. I'm just going to say that right now. You know, spoiler, I guess. Is it the best? It's very I early. Don't know. It's very I don't early, know. But it's probably the best so far. Yeah, we got a whole 11 months ahead of us, so <laughs> we will see. And just remember, time is a construct. Uh, <laughs> Mandalore, their set was fucking great. They did, they did some, of the, some of the classics, some of the new ones, and they always end on 1313, and I always get mic time for it, and I just went ballistic. I was screaming at people's faces, and then on the last line, I dropped the mic, and I couldn't find it again. So I just fucking yelled without the mic, JB style. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's get to Absolved. As I said earlier, they played all of their songs, all of their songs. And I got to point something out. Um, When I played uh, Thrill House a couple episodes ago, uh, the guys, they listened to it, and... They even approached me after the show. They're like, well, we're glad that you uh, played our music. We're glad that you got the Simpsons reference, but you still got something wrong. What? (laughs) The first one, you keep calling uh, the first song with a Simpsons reference, you keep calling it Crayola Medulla. It's Crayola Oblongata. (laughs) I'm like, well, what the fuck do you want? I'm not a brain surgeon. (laughs) I've had brain surgery, but that doesn't make me an expert. (laughs) But we laughed it off, and they're just like, we think... That they're like, we thank you for playing the music out here. And as for the, yeah, and as for the show, so many pileups, especially when they do the song, uh, uh, I can't remember the damn title, but it's the one that has that opening chorus, time and time again, held down, pushed aside. Yeah, everyone just clamors up to the mic on that one. But you want to know the, do you want to know when people went the absolute nuttiest? When? It was at the very end of their show, like their set had just finished. It was after their set, and their singer, he comes out with a big case of Diet Mountain Dew. And he's like, Mountain Dew for all, and he set it up ready to, uh, <laughs> to uh, throw, it at, uh, throw it at everybody. But no, they just accosted him, and they were just like, yeah, mine, mine, just going at it like a pack of hyenas. <laughs> and I got one. <laughs> It's like, I, I don't even drink soda, but it's free, so why the hell not? D- tis the season. It's a <laughs> celebration. Right. <laughs> for, your, uh, for the birth of your new EP. 
<laughs> so yeah, Absolve's EP, the... Ah, uh, oh, God. I'm so... I'm fucking up on titles here. At the Close. Their EP, At the Close, listen to it because it's no longer exclusive. You can listen to it on their band camp. And... Yeah, you can listen to it on a previous uh, episode that we had. But more so, listen to their band camp. They need the streams. They deserve the streams, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's all I got for uh, uh, for my previous live shows. For the upcoming ones, there's uh, a few. A few. This Friday on the 3rd, uh, One Too Many's and American Humor will be playing at Ice House. (laughs) In my notes, I autocorrected to Ive House. Nice. Fucking weird. Uh, that's 21 plus. It's at 9 p.m. I don't know how much it is. They didn't post the price, but do be expecting to play a, uh, to pay a door fee to see them play. Uh, on the 4th, P.S. Destroy This, Threer, Narc, and Fuckskin, all playing at Kilby Court, will be $10. Starts at 7 p.m. And on the 10th, Newfound Glory is playing at the Depot for $87. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why there's not a lot of details on this show. I don't think there are any opening bands. I think they are just the, I think it's just the newfound glory. But what I can tell you is that it starts at 7.30. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've never been a fan of newfound glory. I've never listened to enough of them to even consider myself a casual listener. Right. They never appealed to me. But $87, what the fuck? That right. Is, that's really take, that's like Ticketmaster prices, people. No Ugh. kidding. Yeah, goddamn. It's no thanks, no thanks. It's not my not my problem. Anyway, uh, on the thirteenth, uh, drugs. That's D R U G S and Varials and Callous Dow Boys and One Fifty Six Slash Silence and Living in Fiction. That's a lot of bands. Uh, <laughs> all playing at Soundwell. That is $22 and starts at 6 p.m. And finally, on the 17th, is a show that I put together for my friend Shawnee. She is celebrating her 29th birthday. Awesome. And the thing is, the lady has uh, thrown birthday parties for me and, and her friends, and she goes all out. She knows how to put a party together, that woman. She is, uh, she's amazing at it. But no one's ever really thrown a party for her. So I'm thinking, well, I can't throw a party. I am bad at that. So, <laughs> but I can put on a show. There so, you go. so that's what I did. I got some uh, homies together. I got Apathetics. I that obviously Apathetics. That's my band. Right. So, uh, but alongside us, Disengaged, Suffocator, Simeon, and Wicked Bears. But Wicked Bears had to drop. Oh, yeah. Just uh, some. Some family stuff that's going on with their with one of their members, and they it's needed more than live performances. That can so, happen. So yeah, it sucks. Uh, all the all the best to your family, bud. But uh, and Johnny was really heartbroken about that. She loves Wicked Bears. I'm like, I'm sorry. What can I say? Right. <laughs> she she gets she gets it though. Uh, but yeah, those uh the four four. The four aforementioned bands will all be playing. That's at Aces High. It's only $10 and starts at 7 p.m. Well, actually, no. Doors kind of at 7, but just show up around 8. First if you're pa- nearby, come yeah. swing by and wish Shawnee a happy birthday. Yeah, Check exactly. out some cool music. Yeah. All the, all the more reason to. Right. I, I even made a Facebook event for it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, that's it. That's all I got for upcoming shows in the next uh, 10 days. Well, Eric's got to get to his album. We got to get to the interview. I'm going to quickly go over a few uh, shows as well. Destination Chaos is halfway over this week. I've been mentioning that. Uh, it, if you want, destinationchaos.com. Uh, hopefully they do it again in the future. If they do, I would love to go. Uh, again, that was in Puerto Plata in Dominican Republic, Senator Resort. And it started on the 28th. It ends on the 4th. Happening probably right now or Bouncing Souls, Descendants, Grade 2 probably already performed tonight. Uh, tomorrow, Crazy in the Brains, Love Them, Shame and Iggy Pop. And then wrapping up on Friday with Los Perics, Moscow Death Brigade, The Chats, and Amel and the Sniffers. Some comedians as well. All, all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, if you want to go check out Destination Chaos on social media, you can probably see social media stuff on the live performances. And... You can follow, you can go to destinationchaos.com, and if you want to do it again, I mean, that's kind of something you have to plan a few months in advance. It can be pretty expensive. Next, some shows. February 10th and 11th, Sounds of the Street. It'll be in Chicago, and you'll get to see bands like Lower Class Brats. Uh, another headliner to be announced. Uh, you probably already announced it. I'm looking at a flyer that's been out for a little while. Uh, Rotten Stitches, Get Dead, The Stick Ups, Fear City, The Subversives, Infirmities, Noogie, Anti-Feds, The Decayed, Primitives, uh, Shitizen, Shitbag, Poison Boys, several other bands. And, you know, just as Eric mentioned, bands tend to uh, drop, not intentionally, but th that lineup could have changed. My flyer's a little old. I need to get a new updated one I'll mention. Next week, the Bell Tones will be playing on the 11th as well with Doug and the Slugs, Ultrasect, and Claymore. Uh, at the Parkside, it's in San Francisco. Go check that out. A bunch of great bands there. Looking forward to checking out Bell Tones at Punk Rock Bowling this year. Uh, I'll mention this one again next week. It'll be on February 17th. But The Boys, Fatal Blow, City Saints, Bastardis, and Nick Soy uh, will be mentioning that on the interview as well. Uh, that will be happening in uh, Hamburg, it looks like. And uh, you'll get to hear more about that on the interview if you tune in next week. A lot of cool bands on that one. Viva La Punk Rock, 10-year anniversary. It's a festival in Athens on February 17th. You'll get to see Info Riot, The Restarts, Priorities, Graham 11, and uh, Apathy. On the 18th of February, you'll get to see Charged, GBH, Punks Romana, great band, D in Vaughn. Do you in vain? Die in vain. Maybe it's die in vain. It's not German. It's just die in vain. The Anti-Normals, who are also great, and Kilgrave. So you can go check that one if you're going to be in Athens around then. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this one coming up, so I'm just going to briefly mention it. But Cuffs, we have them uh, for interview. They'll be playing with Family Portrait, Imminent Threat, at the Crown, the 25th of February. And that will be in Bristol. We'll talk more about the shows that they will be doing. MDC will be playing with No Consent, TV Tragedy, Six Cents. And that is sick, not six Six cent, sick sense rather, social habit at Big Bear Bar and Grill in Big Bear Lake, California. And that'll be Tuesday, February 14th. So if you're in Big Bear, you want something to do on Valentine's, well, there you go. $10, it's an all-age show. You can go see all of those bands. And No Consent will be also playing on the 15th in Ventura, San Diego, Los Angeles, Pomona, and Santa Ana at various uh, places go look up no consent band but that'll all be in succession starting on february 14th 
Uh, next up, studs and suds, or is that what that says? No, studs and spikes. It's hard to read that. I just <laughs> filled in the blanks. It's a free all-ages show, but donations are accepted on February 18th. You can go see Broken Cuffs, Revolt and Destroy, Dogface Bastards, Dead Fleet, The Deleted, Lewd Platoon, and that'll be in Compton, California. Full bar service. Go follow Revolt and Destroy.official. It's a free show. Uh, you can follow any of those other bands. I'm sure they are mentioning it. There'll be the Attitude Festival, and that's way out in September, but that's something that Cuffs is doing at the Exchange in Bristol. Want to mention that because it doesn't get mentioned in our interview. Just got announced, it appears, but if that's something you want to plan, because sometimes you have to plan for festivals, there you go. It's something that they will be involved with, and we'll talk more about it in the future. But since we have them on this episode, I want to quickly mention it. Uh, the Stay Rude Radio presents Doug and the Slugs, Claymore, Mob Rule, and Skinny Pete and the Meats at the Colony in Sacramento. That show is going to be on February 10th. It's $15 in advance, $20 at the door. Show starts at 7.30, so if you're going to be in uh, Sacramento, that's a show you should get to. If you're going to be in Vegas on February 3rd, that's this Friday, Soldiers of Destruction with Dead at Midnight, Things of Thing of Twins. And Masu, Masumi, Max, Marilyn Lane, those look like uh, some uh, entertainers uh, that will be at, oh, that's in Los Angeles. I thought it was going to be in Las Vegas. I'm wrong. Live bands, that's actually in Santa Monica, uh, well, Los Angeles specifically, but on Santa Monica Boulevard. Free admission. Go over to Americant.records and you can get more details on that. And finally, last one, Freaky Friday Punk Show, Friday, February 3rd, $10 in advance, $12 at the door. You can go see Point Blank, Borderline Mainstream, Recreational Outrage, and The Wig Outs. That's at Gold Sounds in Brooklyn. Love that venue. Been there once, saw Lion's Law and 45 Adapters. A lot of cool stuff there. Eric, that is all I have. If you have nothing else... I don't. <laughs> then get into your album so we can get into that interview. All right. This album I have been waiting to talk about for quite some time this album i even touched on it um at some point last year i can't remember which episode but i said that i would be getting to the rest of it in due time that album is one with the underdogs the band is terror nice yeah terror they not self-proclaimed but the critics proclaimed saviors of hardcore Nice. And you can understand why. They were one of the bands that like brought hardcore out of the 90s and into the 2000s. They, never, they didn't necessarily start in the 90s, but Scott Vogel, their vocalist, he was pretty active in the, uh, in the East Coast and uh, upstate New York scene with one of his bands, his most notable band of that time, being Slugfest. Okay. And Slugfest is, yeah, they're, they're pretty fucking awesome. We even played them on this show uh, yeah, it was a couple of songs that were recorded back in the you know, back in the '90s, except for the vocals. So they unearthed them, and Scott recorded the vocals for him, and boom, there we go. We have a new Slugfest uh, demo-ish. Awesome. There were two new songs, uh, but Terror. Uh, come on, I played Terror on this show a million times before, and they have been active since what did they form? 2002, somewhere around there. Yeah. And another L.A. band. Yeah, another, another L.A. hardcore band. And <laughs> you can argue that the L.A. hardcore scene would not be the same had it not been for Terror. They were kind of the, uh, they're kind of hailed as like the saviors of hardcore, like I just said. And they did so with uh, their first LP, One with the Underdogs, which came out in 2004 after the release of their 
after the release of their debut, their official debut EP, Lowest of the Low, and that was released on Bridge Nine. But they went on over to Trustkill Records to release Underdogs. And after that label's demise, Bridge Nine bought the rights and redistributed the album. Cool. So, yeah, and all for the best, because Trustkill's got a bit of a checkered history with a lot of bands, having swindled them out of uh, royalties. That sucks. So, yeah. So, yeah, some unfortunate uh, hardcore startups like that, uh, Victory Records. The notable Victory Records, the one that made, the one that puts bands like uh, Snapcase and, uh, oh no, that was Revelation, I think. Uh, but Strife and Hatebreed and Earth Crisis on the map, even they fell, <laughs> fell victim to greed. That sucks. Sucks. It does suck. But we're not here to talk about business. We're here to talk about hardcore. Yeah. So, yeah. So one with the underdogs. Now, this was a pretty landmark record because the thing about hardcore records is like the music is so cut and dry, the lyrics so on the nose that standout tracks are determined by... Uh, how relevant the message is, how relatable it is, uh, how aggressive the vocals are, and how chonky the breakdowns can be. <laughs> so, yeah, it all this all comes together as con- contributing factors to why I chose the songs that I did. And the thing is, Tara took the stylings of, uh, of hardcore greats like uh, Madball, Hatebreed, Judge, and uh, tuned it down to drop D, leaned more towards metal, and led hardcore into the underground of the new millennium. And yeah, the first one I gotta talk about is the first song that you hear on this record. This was many people's introduction to Terror. It wasn't exactly mine, but when I heard it, holy shit. Okay, yeah, it takes takes no time at all to throw you into the flurry of demolishing riffs and a (laughs) catchy-as-fuck chanting chorus. This, to me, is the blueprint for hardcore bands to come in their wake. What more, what more else can I say but always against the odds, one with the underdogs. Yeah, you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God, that, uh, it, you know, it doesn't matter how tired I am or how frail I think my voice is. Every time that song comes on, I am yelling it at the top of my lungs. <laughs> and all the drivers around me are just like, Jesus. 
Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, seriously, and you listen to the lyrics in that one, they are very just straightforward. They aren't poetic at all. They're not trying to have like some, as Gorilla Biscuits put it, coded messages and slowed down songs. Well, the song is not slow, but you get what I mean. The, I mean, you, you get the message. It's like Scott Vogel, he's talking about his past, coming from a... Uh, coming from a broken home, poverty-stricken family, and just like not a, just always having to be, uh, not having to be, but always being pushed down and just like having to, as he says in the lyrics, scratch and fight to stay on my feet. Right. So, so yeah, it's a it's a song about endurance. What a way to start a record! Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on from there, uh, talking about lyrics, uh, it was. I was so hard-pressed to figure out what song I wanted to choose. Initially, my song was going to be Keep Your Mouth Shut, but I already talked about that song. And, yeah, an episode, I can't remember which one, but it was last year. And that was going to be my initial choice, and then I'm like, okay, well, fuck me, what am I going to choose now? (laughs) I was going through songs like uh, one of their seminal tracks from this one, Overcome. Also, I loved Enemies in Sight, that's the album Closer. And no one cares. Just a just a quick little thing that's just saying like, hey, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares about what you're doing, man. Fuck off. And also was kind of leaning towards a uh, spit my rage that featured uh, Jamie Josta of Hatebreed and uh, what's his name, Lordy Zek from Diablo. Okay. And and yeah, there was a Crush by the Truth, which features one Hard Corey, who I believe is a house artist. You know, like house music. Okay. And. Then find my way featuring uh, who have we been talking about in, uh, inadvertently this whole time? Freddie fucking Madball. So yeah, <laughs> Madball makes an appearance on uh, Terror's album, and so yeah, all great tracks. Those are all tracks that I think you should check out. You should check out the whole fucking album, but those ones specifically. But the one that I chose, I chose it strictly because it's got the most memorable breakdown riff on out of all the out of all the songs on this record. And then the lyrics are pretty, uh, they're pretty in-depth. I mean, they're very straightforward, but you know the message they're getting across, and it is a big message. It's uh, questioning the human condition and that, you know, are we living just to endure hardships? Or, and also, it's like, are those hardships even worth overcoming? It's like, just trying to, it's kind of the idea of picking your battles. But I hate to say, uh, Killswitch and Gage kind of beat you to the punch on this one. They said it in their album, Alive or Just Breathing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Scott, you go ahead and just make a you know, more straightforward example of it and get the kids like getting pissed off like, Why am I alive? What is the meaning of life? <laughs> anyway, this is Are We Alive? Do 
That is fucking terror for you. I mean, yeah, that band has been, yeah, they've been at it for 20 years, man. <laughs> 20 years of a band like that, who would have thought? <laughs> and yeah, they're still, they're still playing in the underground shows. They're still playing in little podunk towns, and they're still playing like, uh, I mean, the last time they were here, they played, uh, they played Club Sound before it was torn down. And wow. the time before that, it was at the Beehive. Wow, you know they aren't above playing uh, playing floor floor shows, so to speak. Awesome. And it's like, yeah, we know where we came from, and buddy, we're still here. The only difference between that and between you and us is uh, we just happen to have a mic in our hands for the moment. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen Scott at uh, you know, when I went out to uh, L.A. to watch the uh, New Age Records Fest, he was just there chilling. Just sort of conversing with people, and I was like, hey, holy shit, that's Scott Vogel. A little starstruck, but <laughs> at the same time, it's like, yeah, he's just uh, sitting around, dicking around like the rest of us. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's terror. Most of the rest of their stuff sounds exactly like this. And a lot of the consensus with the hardcore community is, uh, like, terror, they often say, oh, they're great live. They specifically say live because... Yeah, their music can get extremely repetitive. I get that. Such is the plight of being just a hardcore band. That's fine. But yeah, live, oh God, they are an experience. And they'll be coming, they're coming back. They're coming back with fucking Black Dahlia Murder. Awesome. Yeah, they'll be playing the depot. That's got a barricade on it. I don't know how uh, Tara's going to overcome that, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but I will see. I will be attending that show because it's going to be a chonky one. I'm excited. Awesome. All right, we got an interview to get to. Uh, the band Cups, we love playing them. Uh, Matt plays guitars in the band, always reaching out every time something new is coming out. And this time, we got an interview with Brody. Brody does vocals in the band. The album's called To Hell and Back. It's being released February 10th, so not this Friday, but the next. We're going to listen to a couple tracks together, sandwiching the interview. The band's from Bristol, if for some reason you missed out on any of those other episodes that we did play Cups. Uh, the album artwork's awesome. Go look at our social medias. We'll be posting it on there. We will specifically talk about this track to Helen Back during the interview. We will have another new track on the other end of the interview to play for you so you can hear two tracks from to Helen Back. We're going to get to it. We're going to let Brody do all of the other specifics and the discussion that we have with Brody. So here we go. Here's some new cuffs, brand new cuffs with uh, to Helen Back. Greater than I. 
here with Brody from Puffs. How are you, Brody? <laughs> I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. Bit cold, rainy in the UK, but we're all good. We're surviving. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's snowy over here. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. I was, I was just saying to, uh, to Dustin, I'm jealous of the snow. <laughs> you say that until you ever start driving it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. We said thing that we just said that. <laughs> I forgot to say, I drive like a like a 2009 like Renault Clio. Do you know what that is? It's like 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 a small like compact like European car. Like it get if it gets too wet outside, that thing like slides side to side. So I don't think it'll be any good in the snow. <laughs> no, you don't want to drive that in the snow. <laughs> Four wheel drive. That's the best. I need I need I need to take a leaf out of the American book and buy a truck. Honestly, that's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That would be my next step. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brody, tell us about what the band's up to. So how long has the band been together? So tell us how did Cuffs come together? 
Uh, so we've been together about three years, technically active for two with all that COVID bullshit and whatnot. But uh, so technically three, um, but it was essentially me like searching the internet for people who are looking to join bands. And then I found um, Matt and Lewis, who are our guitarists and our drummer. And they've known each other for years, well, since birth, because they're cousins. And then um, Will, our bass player, uh, was just like having a cigarette. And Lewis started like talking to him about Guitar Hero. And then he was like, oh, I'm in a band. You want to join a band? And now we're a four piece, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That is a great origin story. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me wonder how many uh, current bands have started on account of them playing Guitar Hero rock band together. I mean, I was I was into that when I was a kid, and I was like, I mean, I already knew how to play instruments. Yeah. So I was like, but this is making me want to start a band even more. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> yeah, but playing playing just playing schools out by Alice Cooper over and over again only gets you so far on Guitar Hero. You know, you need to. Right. Yeah. Like maybe I should learn this on an actual instrument. See see how I can see how I can fare with it. Definitely. <laughs> when you get a guitar, it's like, wait a minute. There are no buttons on this. <laughs> yeah, it looks easier. It looks easier through Guitar Hero. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, now that we get the origin story. Uh, what was the uh, what was the first song you guys created? First song. There's been a lot of bullshit songs that we put in the bin straight after writing them down. Like we practice them, and then it instantly we just that's fucking trash, and that goes straight straight in the bin. But I think the first song that we put together and then were actually happy with was "To the Bone." Um, that was the first one that we put together where it sort of like incarnated everything that we knew we wanted to become. So it was like everything like smashed together um, and we released it three years ago. And listening back to it now, it makes me like cringe. Like I listen to it because I'm like, bro, that mix sucks so bad. Like it sucks so, so bad. So for the for the new album, we've re-recorded it. So hopefully it should it should sound a lot better. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that to a T. It's like when I'm listening to my uh, my band's demo that we released a couple of years ago, I'm just like, oh, dude, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that these parts are getting rewritten. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm amazing. With a better years. idea. Yeah, it's amazing what a few years of like just like practicing with a group can do because you release something and you think, oh my God, that's amazing. We're so good. Wembley Stadium, here I come. And then a couple of years later, you're like, bro, what the fuck was that? Right. The thing that gets me is people are coming up like, your songs are so awesome. I'm like, I respectfully disagree. (laughs) But if you like that, then just wait. We got something better. (laughs) Yeah, literally. And um, hopefully the new re-recording is a better version because I think in a couple of years, if like, you know, because of the digital footprint on the internet, if someone finds that old recording and brings it up, I'm going to die inside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our first single is like, yeah, we released a single way back in the day. I don't suggest you go and listen to it because it sounds like hell. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you did mention uh, briefly, like, uh, this was the song that was like bringing all the all of your styles together. It was like a culmination of what you set out to be. What exactly was that? What was the inspirations behind your guys' sound? So all, all four of us are from, like, very small towns. and. We come from places where it still to this day, although we've lived out of those small towns for a while, still has that very small town mindset, which tends to be quite right wing. And so when we moved out of these places, we sort of and met new people and stuff like that. We realized that these people who the people in our towns have been talking bad about for so long are actually 
like going through some real like injustices and you know and through the music that we that we've been listening to and through the music that inspired us to get into you know the heavier side of music we sort of came to the conclusion that this is what we should write about and this is what we should perform about because the one thing that really really annoys me is when and don't get me don't get me wrong i think it's important for everyone to understand like politics in some sort of way but one thing that really annoys me is when a band especially a pop band will be political because it's like trendy and i see it i see it a lot sort of you know on the big reading festival bands now and i went to reading festival in 2018 and it was the summer where you guys know what extinction rebellion is uh-uh. no so it was a huge like climate change activist movement in the UK. And it's kind of gone a little bit quiet now, but this summer it was all the talk in the UK. It was because the, they were, you know, blocking roads and stuff like that. So it was like the number one talked about thing on people's like political list. And every band at Reading, and I mean every fucking band, made like a three minute gap throughout their set about how important it was to talk about climate change. And then... I never heard a single thing mentioned from any of those bands ever again. So to me, that shows they don't actually give a shit. And it shows they were just like trying to please the current trend, if that makes sense. And yeah, and I think that's the reason why every song we make is somewhat inherently political, because it's so important to keep pushing the voice of what you believe in. But I mean, that's the spirit of uh, the base inspiration behind punk music as a whole. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're, we're not exactly happy of our surroundings. Exactly. And once you know it, we're still not happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Not sure the, not- the last couple of episodes, me and Dustin have gotten on tangents of uh, calling out all these all these people who are waving flags before they even know what they stand for. Right. right okay. I got you. But yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it, it's, it's, it's extremely important that if someone's going to preach like a political statement that they believe in it. And we ultimately believe in what we're saying in our music. It's a great yeah, everyone's got to appreciate that. I agree. It's a great message. Love the music. I love the energy that goes behind the music. And your live shows, we've talked about it before on the show when we're playing your tracks because we've seen videos. And, man, they're awesome. Oh, thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely the favorite part. I mean... I do vocals, right? So when I blow out my voice when we're supposed to record four songs in a row, it's like the worst thing in the world. But, you know, just when you're on stage, you can just kind of like make noise into the mic. And if it sounds good, it sounds good, you know? But if it's done with like a big microphone in a studio, then you'll know if it sounds shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so live live shows are definitely, definitely the favorite part of what we do, I think. I understand that to every, every degree. When it's live, you can pretty much play it however you want. But when you're in the studio, it's like, you're laying this down. It's going to be forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, I mean, you guys have quite a few singles, you know, individual tracks. LP is on its way. You, you've created that body of work. I think we were talking before we started the interview about that method of instead of hey, we're going to put this full length together. We're a brand new band. Boom, here it is. It's, hey, we're putting stuff out. This is kind of what we are. And you're building up that following before you get that big body of work out. Uh, I think it's a smart way to do it, especially to kind of get that traction. Like you already have some tracks. You go play a list. You're obviously building your track list. So longer sets are in order as you develop that following where where do you think that is getting you like what kind of you're going from playing you know most bands anyway we start as opening band 
playing a whatever, 15 to 20, 30 at the most minute set, and then you're gradually the, the headlining band at maybe smaller venues, playing the longer set and so forth, and without me talking more, tell us, you know, what, where's your progression at right now, and what, where's your goal maybe in this next year, especially with this big body of work being an LP coming out? So, the, I mean, the aim is to get it out to as many people as we can. I mean, so if we go back to, I mean, a year, two years ago, you know, we were that opening band. And, you know, if we go to a new city where we're not used to, you know, we'll still be that opening band. You know, we're not we're not pretentious enough to pick and choose which which slot we are on the lineup, you know. So fingers fingers crossed that wherever we go to play a show, someone will at least know our music. I think that's the aim. I mean, we're, pl- we're playing venues in the next couple of months that bands that we've listened to for years have played out. Like we've played in Bristol as a venue called the Fleece. And, you know, bands like Queens of the Stone Age have played in there when they were on their way up, you know, and, and people like that. And then on the, I think it's like the 16th of February, we're playing in Leeds. And two weeks before we play there, Black Flag are playing on the same stage. So, to even like grace the same stage, that's that a band like that is has played or will have played in a couple of days. I never thought it would happen, you know. And to, to even like bring our stuff across the UK and be able to go on tour to to kind of show our message and show our music is is definitely where I'd like to go and where I'd like to keep going. Is just playing playing stages, getting to more people, showing the message to more people because that's what we're all about, you know. Totally. It isn't a, it is an invigorating feeling knowing that. No, it's like you ask these guys and you ask us. <laughs> Who the fuck are us, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, we're um, we're we're just so excited to because that's another thing as well. Is when you play a new venue that you know someone you look up to has played, it like lights a fire under your ass, you know, because you need to you need to live up to that expectation. So yeah, we're we're excited to just play to as many people as we can and hopefully get some good feedback on the album. Fingers crossed it doesn't. I don't know. I, ho- I hope someone gets some use out of it, even if it's, you know, used as a Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't... I, I've never used any of my vinyl, even the ones that I m- maybe don't listen to anymore as a Frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen Shaun of the Dead? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, you like throwing the, throwing the records at the zombie. That's, yeah. that's what... If someone uses it for that, even better, you know. Hey, if there's a zombie, yeah, that way you can say I'm well armed. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, you can get the bragging rights that says my record was in a movie. Yeah, that's the one. You use that to throw at people. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure in that scene in Shaun of the Dead as well, the bands whose uh, records they threw wrote to Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and thanked them because it bumped their album back up into the charts after like 20 years of being released. Right. You know, the, the kind of, kind of oh, Kate Bush Stranger Things effect, you know, where, where everyone <laughs> listens to Kate Bush for six months. <laughs> right now with the uh, current Stranger Things, everyone's a Metallica fan again. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about it because I feel like they're going to play more shows because of that now, which I'm, I'm happy with. <laughs> On your album, yeah. and since we're on the topic of shows, you have a 2023 album tour, right? So that's yeah. yeah, six shows that you'll be playing in February just after the release date. Since the release date's the 10th, the very next day on the 11th, you're going to be playing those shows. Uh, where are you going to be playing? Who are you playing with? What are you looking forward to? I'm playing the new songs. I'm very, I'm very excited to, 
to just play the new stuff in general. But uh, on tour, we are playing with. There's quite a long list, and uh, there's been a couple of lineup changes as well. So if I if I mess up the lineups, then I apologize. But so we're playing the New Cross Inn in London, which is like this legendary punk venue in London. Like as far as punk venues goes, I'm pretty sure there's the New Cross Inn, and there's one in Camden Town called the Blackheart. And that was supposed to be amazing as well. And then we're going Brighton. Uh, we're playing with a band in Brighton called Electric Cowboy Club. And they're really, really good. There's also another band out of Brighton, uh, Honey Badger, and they're really good as well. So that's going to be really, really sick. And then we've got uh, some friends from Leeds in a band called Distort. And they're like, do you guys know a band called Leftover Crack? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so they're like, like that kind of like guttural singing with like the just super quick guitars and like the chaotic bass, and they're, they're amazing. So they're coming on a couple of dates with us as well. So that's gonna be super, super, super good. Awesome. So yeah, that's gonna be super fun. And then hopefully, like the weekends after, because the annoying thing, is, well, it's not annoying, but Lewis, our drummer, and Will, our bass player, they're both nurses. So they're, they're both on that like crazy nurse hospital schedule. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, we, so it's quite hard to pull them out of work sometime. But hopefully the weekends after then we can do like three or four weekenders in a row. So fingers crossed that'll happen. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and the, on the subject of live shows, like in general, how is the live circuit out there in the in the UK? It's pretty. It's pretty good. There's a there's a much larger punk scene in the UK than because I thought before you know I originally started playing this music, I thought it died out in like the 80s. You know, when like grunge started to come around, I thought people kind of stepped away from the punk thing. But mm -hmm. in, in Bristol, especially where we live, Bristol's like a very liberal, very left-wing city. So you see a lot of punks around here, a lot of mohawks, a lot of piercings, a lot of tattoos. And because because of that, it makes like the punk scene like a super friendly face, and a super like safe place to be for everyone. And it's like super welcoming. And because of that, you know, you travel somewhere to meet people. And, you know, the UK is really small. So it's quite hard not to recognize people when you keep going around the same kind of genre. So you're likely to bump into someone anywhere you go, really, which is, which is amazing. It's nice to sort of uh, know that uh, uh, presumed inviting feeling. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a nice feeling. And I don't think you get the same feeling outside of a genre that is like technically heavy. Because if you go to a festival that, you know, isn't, isn't technically like heavy music you know it can be a bit unfriendly sometimes you seem to get more people you know fighting and stuff like that but you don't really see it in the heavier side of things because everyone everyone's just there to have a good time you know and if someone gets injured it's because they've been barged with like in the mosh pit you know it's not because someone's thrown thrown a hand at them that's good <laughs> uh, i think it'd be great to live there i mean just like you said and described, it's UK small. Man, you can go on tour and, you know, drive a little bit and then hang out in a town, play a show, do the same thing the next day, and you're not spending so much time on the road as opposed to, you know, if you want to do anything in the United States, you're better off either on the actual West Coast, not just the West Coast of the United States, but on the actual West Coast or staying back East because out in the middle of the U.S., it's everything so far apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is how small the U.K. is. Just this morning, about 20 minutes before we started this, I drove, because I'm from Wales, I'm not from, I'm not from England technically, so 
I was in Wales on like as far west in Wales as you could go before you're in Ireland. And I drove back to Bristol. So I've been in two countries today. Like that's how small, <laughs> that's how small like the UK is. But in, but in the US, you know, you're like, you start in, you start in Texas, you drive for 14 hours, you're still in Texas. You know what exactly. I mean? It's so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, if, from where we're at, it would take seven to eight hours probably to get to Canada and to get to Mexico, because those are the only two countries anywhere near us, uh, it would probably be 12 hours, something like that. I, I'm pretty sure I could get to the top of the UK and right back down to the bottom in that time. <laughs> <laughs> and to do that, we're only leaving our state and going into one other state before you get there, too. So it is not the same. I am jealous. That is on my bucket list is to go spend a couple weeks there in the UK. Yeah, 100%. And you know, if you ever come over here, I've got a couch that you can sleep on. So yes. just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of live shows, before we move on, uh, I love festivals. And I, I think as being a band, you, you know, if you're a fan and in a band, you know, one of the, the only person I've ever heard say that they don't like punk music that plays punk music is the, the singer for the Dickies. Uh, <laughs> and whatever, I guess if you don't like it, you don't like it. But me being a fan, I would love to be at a festival being in a band because that offers up an opportunity for you. You're going to go play your set, but you're going to go see a lot of other stuff. When you're playing a show, you probably get to catch a little bit here, maybe a little bit there, but not so much because it's usually a tighter window in which the bands are playing. Is that something that your band would be looking to do? And if so, are there any festivals out there? I mean, in maybe two months for the next five or six months, there'll be festivals everywhere. Yeah, so uh, hopefully, I mean, one day we really, uh, because the thing is Brexit just fucked, like, all bands coming out of the UK. Like, I think mm. the amount of, like, cancelled lineups I saw because of it, like, just broke my heart. Like, absolutely broke my heart. So we do want to do the kind of European loop and then, you know, jump over the pond and come to the US as well. But I think the, I think the thing we'll probably do first before we can afford to go to Europe is do the UK festival strip, you know, and hit the, mm. hit the big ones on there. So that would be really cool to do. But we have started playing some festivals, which is quite, like, flattering. Which is, which is quite nice because I feel like once you jump on a festival, especially one where there's names on there that you already know, then it means something's happening. I mean, I don't necessarily think, you know, tomorrow I'm going to wake up with fucking 50 million downloads or 50 million streams, <laughs> but you know, it means someone's listening, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the, like the smaller festivals where you can apply to play because otherwise, you know, you get these big festivals, you know, the... You know, not naming any names, but it's almost like without a label, there's no way you're even getting your email out of their spam folder. You know, <laughs> right. like, like you said, you say you can send 10 emails, but none of them are reaching their eyes, you know. So that's the good mm -hmm. thing about the small festivals, because then you build your way up and up. And then that festival here is you play to this one, you just go up and up. And I'm guessing that's how you get to the big ones. I'm yet to work it out. But once I do, I will let everyone know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the magic formula either. I think you just do what you guys are doing. And yeah. you put out great music, message that resonates with people. The cream rises that way, in my opinion. You know, there's so much music. A lot of bands reach out. Uh, we, I try to get to everything. And there's some stuff that I'll listen to, like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. We'll try to get it on. And then there's other stuff that really resonate. That sounds cool. And, man, I like what they're singing about. I think this is the message that people should hear. 
And so when you have that to go on top of the, hey, they got a cool sound, and then once you get the ability to see a live performance, that's where people really start dropping the money, right? Really, people listen to a podcast like us. They're not paying any money. They go see the videos like we've seen of you guys on YouTube. There's really nothing going on there uh... to go to your Bandcamp page, your streaming sites. Uh, you know, people can pay on Bandcamp, but they can typically also listen for free. And on streaming, you know, those are fractions of pennies before you start getting anything there. So that's really where I think you start to feel that, oh, wow, you know, there's actually a few dollars coming back in our pocket. We can pay to get the vinyl done. We can pay to get the recording, you know, all those things and make it not that people do it for the money, but at some point, you, you know, hobbies, whatever they happen to be, you know, completely not music related. Uh, if a hobby gets too expensive and time-consuming, it can tend to not be worth it. But if you can figure out a way for your hobby to kind of pay for itself at least, it's like, hell yeah, I love doing this. And it's not at a detriment to the rest of my life. And when you have four different band members, all it takes is maybe one, and then the other ones are like, oh, well, he's leaving. Yeah, it is kind of tough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's the good thing about, about shows like yours. I mean, you guys are doing fucking God's work. You know what I mean? Like, like we DM'd you and you said, yeah, come on, talk about the album. And like, it's stuff like this that like literally keeps bands going, you know? So like, we've got, we really appreciate you for, you know, even, even having us on because, you know, it's super kind of you and it's super good for, you know, the message of the punk scene. So yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's uh, their way of uh, paying you guys, uh, paying back the artists is like, you, you create something. We think it's awesome. And it's not something that we forget about. There's always something to come back to. Right. So we feel like it's uh, not, not necessarily our solemn duty, per se. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's solely down to you guys that our number two country is the U.S. Like, And they're not, the numbers aren't that far apart, you know, like U.K. and U.S. numbers. They're not super far apart. Like, I'd probably say they're like 60, 40. Wow. On number one and number two most listened to countries. And as far as I'm aware... You guys are the only ones playing our music in the U.S., so we appreciate that, definitely. <laughs> People are missing out then. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, we're like the one of the busiest punk-related podcasts on the in the continental U.S. Awesome. I mean, there's plenty of other... Uh, there's other podcasts out there, music-based podcasts, not necessarily punk, or there's punks that actually start podcasts, like uh, uh, Fat Mike, he has now is a Fat Wreck podcast, but of course people are going to listen to him because... At Mike, he's yeah. famous as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, as, as far as I know, I'm not too familiar with the podcast circuit, but no one's doing it like uh, uh, like we are. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, one of the great things about punk music, so many of the bands, you can tell they're doing it for the love, right? So many bands, I would say 99% probably of the music that we play are all people that work, that try to get together with, friends or new people as they come across them depending however you build your band and then you're doing it for the love and, and that's what we do with the show we're doing it for the love of the music love of the scene love of what people are doing that you know for both of us prior to having done this enjoyed all of the work that people like that were doing and so my philosophy has always been if you can you should absolutely and, you, and you're both doing a fucking amazing job so you gotta keep doing this you're keeping it alive honestly <laughs> well as long as people like you, you keep doing what you're doing then it gives us a reason for us to keep doing what we're doing hey, I'll, I'll hold up my end of the bargain how about that <laughs> we will do the same 
<laughs> Let's talk more about uh, To Hell and Back. So the release date is coming up. It's February 10th. Offhand, what's that, about three weeks roughly, maybe just less than three weeks at this point? Yeah, yeah about three weeks, yeah. You're going to start doing that tour with the six shows, hopefully playing some weekenders. We covered that. Now, the actual release, is that vinyl? Is that cassette? Is that CD? Is that digital? Is that all of the above? Tell us about what, so what's that, your plan for that day. So that day is Vinyl Records, uh, which we've done on pink vinyl, which is super cool. And uh, also on all streaming platforms, YouTube, all that business. Because we were looking at doing CDs and cassettes, but I don't own a cassette player or a <laughs> CD player. So, I mean, but I've got my record player, so vinyl is. <laughs> I'm with you. My car, yeah. I think, is the only CD player. My laptop doesn't even have one. I had to buy a detached DVD player to attach to my laptop whenever I happen to get a disc because I still get CDs on occasion. But I, besides in my car, I don't have a CD player at all anymore. <laughs> and yeah, I haven't had a yeah. cassette player in uh, a couple decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely why we went for the records because also like a, like a vinyl record, it's like a piece of art, you know, it's big enough that you can, if you want to, you can put it on the wall in a frame. And I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm going to put a couple of them in frames because, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I think it's great. And I agree with you. I've said that numerous times. One of the great things about vinyl, not just the sound, not just the tangibility of having it, but the artwork, you know, bands put something into the artwork. The artwork is part of the message of the story. To Hell and Back have so much more to it. I think that mm -hmm. the album artwork typically adds to the story, so it's fantastic to get it in such a large format mm -hmm. as opposed to the thumbnail that goes with digital that you're almost never going to see. So it's really cool to have that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's going to last a lot longer than a, than a poster, so that's a good thing absolutely. about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, while we're still on the artwork, uh, that was the next question I wanted to ask. Was like, uh, I'm I'm looking at it right now. It's the uh, you know the person standing with their uh, back towards us, and there's some flames going around, and it looks like this. Uh, it looks like the interior of some chapel. Yeah. Yeah. What is it with the uh, album artwork? What is the uh, I don't know. I guess the setting you're trying to convey before they even uh, you know drop the needle on the record, so to speak. So the album artwork, we didn't plan that shot. We headed, we, uh, so I customized a denim jacket with To Hell and Back on it. And I was like, right, we'll get a shot of like me from behind, just, you know, just doing what I do. And we were walking around Bristol and we were just like, all these shots suck. Like we, like we couldn't get it right. Like it didn't look right. It didn't look right. And then while we were walking around, almost giving up, it was like a Tuesday and we were just walking down the street and we saw that there was a church with its door open. And we were like, oh, shit. So I was like, and our, uh, the person who was taking photos of us, Ben, I was like, quick, come with me. And we sort of like really obviously not supposed to be there, like <laughs> sort of like ran through this chapel door, ran like down the middle, down the aisle in the middle of the seats. And I just stood there and I was like, right, go. And he took photos of me from behind. And it had like, you know, all the kind of um, like artwork and stained glass and like the pillars and stuff. And we ran out and I looked at the camera and I was like, that's it. Like, that is it. Like, and it came in like that sequence happened within 45 seconds and we didn't plan it or anything, but it turned out like exactly how we wanted it. Like it was perfectly like symmetrical on both sides. And then uh, we got an artist called Abby um, to kind of like chuck the flames in around it and stuff like that. And 
yeah, it just turned out exactly how we wanted it. So we were really happy with it. Oh, yeah, I would be. It's a pretty menacing looking uh, photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people uh, pre-order? You have pre-orders for the merch and the vinyl for that release where where can people go pre-order it or even once it the official release date comes minus i'm sure at a live show where can people get it so that would be cuffs.bigcartel.com so that and that link is in um under merch and any of our social media bios and stuff like that and then if you want to pre-order on spotify you know just go on go on our merch on our merch on our um, link in our bio and click the click the pre-order and it'll pre-save all the stuff I'm actually on the site right now. The pink 12-inch vinyl for 20 pounds. Yeah, that's the other thing. We like every penny we've ever made from Cuffs has gone directly back into the band. Like we've never made shit. Mm. And to be able to make the vinyl, we had to put them up as pre-orders. Cause you know, in a perfect world, we'd have the vinyl, sell them when it comes out, you know, sell them at gigs and stuff. But we needed to do the pre-order. So everything we've made is not profit it goes straight back into actually getting them produced and getting and just getting the merchandise in general like there, there isn't much margin for profit there and if there is it's for it's like petrol for us to go on tour you know like right. stuff like that i definitely underestimated how expensive getting records printed are but we, we, got, we got there we got there <laughs> i feel yeah. like as a band though that's something something you put so much work into having the the great cover art to go with so to be displayed and then being a music fan a vinyl fan and then to have something that you've put together you know to to hold that in your own hands and then to see the interest in others to get it as well is probably really rewarding yeah absolutely and yeah. like there's not much of there's not much of a better feeling than having someone like let you know that they like what you do like it's like it's like gratifying and it makes it really makes you feel that you should keep going you know it's motivating when someone tells you you're doing something right so yeah mm-hmm. fingers crossed people keep enjoying it well you're doing something right <laughs> oh, thank you man. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely on the topic of the album so you, you you released a handful of singles since 2019 the most recent one came out over this past summer are any of those singles on the album or are these all exclusively new tracks so some of them will be on the album uh among completely new tracks never never played never released and I think I think it's about fifty fifty. So about half the album is uh is stuff, but we have re-recorded some of the tracks that we've already released. So some of them will be different, some of them will be the same, but there'll be about half of the tracks on there will be brand new. So that'll be that'll be really interesting to see what people think of. Them. I'm already looking at the uh, track list, and then there are some uh, repeats on here. Like I know I uh, you mentioned earlier with the bone, but yeah, I'm also seeing stuff like uh, "Watch Me Die" and uh, "Cash Cow." You make me sick. I'm like, I heard these songs before. That's the thing. It was so hard to like cut down the track list because really we had like two albums worth, but there's so much shit that we just like. You know, it might have been a really good riff, and I might have had a good hook for it to sing over it. But you know, if it wasn't fitting and we couldn't get it right, then it's not. Go- it wasn't going on the album, which is a shame. And we we had a song that was supposed to be on there called what was it? The Lover. It was called, but it just never. It just it just 
like I liked it, you know, but the other guys didn't. So, you know, we're a democratic band, you know, I can't, I can't, I may be the singer, but I can't dictate my way to, to have what I want. So the song wasn't on there, you know, maybe one day it'll come out, but it might be re-recorded before it does. <laughs> That's how all bands should be. You know, you take anybody's part out and the band ain't gonna sound right. You know, you take the bass out, it ain't gonna sound right. You take the guitar out, it ain't gonna sound right. You take the drums out, it ain't gonna sound right. And if you take the vocals out, then people are probably less interested. <laughs> uh, I'd, ne I'd never admit it. I'd never admit it. <laughs> it's definitely a, it, the sound that we've got is something we've like worked on and worked on and worked on because we, you know, these bands that we love and these bands that influence us, you know, the, the Rage Against the Machines of the world and the, uh, the, the gallows of the world and, you know, people like that, you know, we love that sound, but we we definitely don't want to you know mimic someone so we kind of almost smashed them together and came up with this new kind of it sounds a little bit more gritty but it's 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 our sound and it's recognizable i think so so hopefully people people enjoy that sound too we do totally <laughs> okay. yeah i gotta point out i am so stoked that you mentioned gallows because that band is incredibly important to me yeah, yeah. That is like the the base of uh, inspiration uh, for the music that I'm doing right now. I always keep coming back to it, specifically the album Great Britain. There's something else there. So the first Rage Against the Machine album and Great Britain by Gallows are my favorite albums in the world. I mean, I I don't think in the in UK punk, I don't think there's an album that's held up so well. I think that came out in about 2009 and every fucking track on it is still absolutely relevant to UK politics. Oh, yeah. I mean, and Frank Carter's vocals on it are like, like disgusting. His voice, I mean, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes are, amaz are an amazing band, but his voice was just peak grit and peak anger. And he was almost like, like feral. Like, just, oh, yeah. nothing comes close. Nothing comes close. I fucking, I love that album. And see, seeing him live, the guy was a maniac. Did you see Frank Carter and Gala's live? Oh yeah, way, I'm so, I'm so way back in uh yeah way back in 2009 they were on the uh, they were on the Warp tour and that was like uh, that was just culture shock for me being like a 14 was barely getting into punk rock and I go over to the pit and I find not just Frank but Stefan and Lee and Stu all all down in the pit with everybody just like bumping into people and just going maniacal. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is something different. <laughs> If you um, but if yeah, you, and Frank, he's like a mic on his head and just yeah, like yeah. calling out all the shitty bands that were on that warp tour and just like yeah, it was unfiltered. I loved it. If, if you get the chance, go on YouTube and look at Lives of the Artist Gallows uh, by Relentless. I such saw a, that. Such a good live video, man. And oh yeah, yeah, that's just just that's one of my favorite live videos like in the world. So yeah, I'm glad glad you love Great Britain as much as I did because yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is one of the most important records in my in my collection. My friend found the vinyl. It's incredibly hard to come across the yeah. double LP, and she she got that for me for Christmas. I was like, "Dude, okay, no, I don't need to collect anymore. I found my white whale." Yeah, that's such a good one. Um, do you guys use Discogs? Is that what it's called? Yes, I do. Yeah, yep. but it's like a hundred and thirty pounds on Discogs, and I'm like, well, I can't fucking pay that, but I want it, and I'm going to. But at some point, <laughs> <laughs> people are just waiting for that thing to get repressed. I'm like, well, that's uh, 
Don't hold your breath, I guess. Yeah, I'm just looking at my watch every couple of minutes, you know, <laughs> waiting for it. Because <laughs> yeah. Border Brothers owns the, the rights to that. And I don't know what Gallo's interest is on uh, doing reprints of that because Frank's no longer in the band. Stefan's no longer in the band either. So both the Carters are gone. Yeah, that's the, to- that's the problem. That is the problem. But yeah, I love I love that album. I love that band. I love the message they portrayed. And oh, I, yeah. there's almost, I don't know, we, so, someone's got to relight that fire. And I don't know if it's going to be us, but I'll give it a good go. You know what I mean? I'll give it a go. <laughs> a tall order to fill for sure. 100%. 100%. Why don't you tell us about a couple of the tracks? I mean, we've played most of the singles, I'd be willing to bet, at this point that had been released prior to. What songs are we going to hear that are going to sound a little bit different. So that would be To The Bone and Scandals and Vandals off the top of my head. There might be another, but those two for definite, for definite. Those are the ones that we should listen for on the new album to sound a little different. I like to do that compare and contrast. On the new album, though, half or more are new tracks. Tell us about some of those new tracks. Okay, so let's start, let's start with the track To Hell and Back because it, make, it makes sense. Title track. But to Hell and Back is essentially the mixture of what the album represents, which is a mixture of, you know, our own, you know, mental health issues and a mixture of being just disgusted with what we see around us and the way people we care about are treated. I mean, whether that whether that's by government or whether that's by, you know, just bigots and, you know, horrible people, you know, it's a it's a mixture of us just absolutely being disgusted with the way the UK treats its citizens. And, you know, it's the UK and America, our governments aren't so different, you know. We, you know, it's hard to, you know, there's two dominating parties in both both governments, you know, for you guys, the Republicans and Democrats, and for us, it's Labour and Conservative. And no matter what you try and do and how hard you push back, the, the more right-wing party of the two always seem to win. And because of that, people just get fucked over, you know, people who don't deserve to be fucked over just get absolutely smashed and suffer for the consequence, suffer for the for the good of people who don't deserve good things. So, yeah, and that's why that's why that one was I I suppose that's the that's the reason behind the album name as well, because often, you know, when you see people you care about suffering, it sort of like ignites something in you that makes you realize you need to speak out about it because because sometimes things just go so horribly that to stay quiet is to stay complicit, you know? To stay neutral is to be sort of, uh, in another way, invoking the damage. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, but again, just sort of like what we said uh, earlier, the people who were, uh, you know, just hopping on a cause just because they, you know, they're just doing it for the fandom or doing it for the clout. Those are the other people you got to watch out for. It's like, yeah, you're just giving surface level support. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're, you're going to forget about this uh, next week, are you? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And then, so that's the title track. And then, I tell you what, surprisingly, we've got a track that's not screamed on this one. We've got, oh. we've got a track called Selfish Desires. And, well, I, well, I say not scream. It screams from like three minutes 50 onwards for a whole, t- for a total of 30 seconds. But the majority of the track is quite quiet and calm. And that's the first song we've written like that. And we decided to put one in there because at, so, at some point in the album, we, we didn't want it to resort to just relentless anger. 
and almost to the point where people yeah. think, where people look at it and think, oh, the whole thing's just angry. We wanted to like actually speak about and sing about the issues we were feeling and the issues we're talking about rather than screaming one. So we wanted to, and that helps as well because if someone's not not necessarily into music with screaming in it, then there's something in there that they can listen to and see what we're about. So that helps out. So that one's called Selfish Desires. So though I think those two tracks are probably my favorite to listen to at the moment and listen back to. Um, but hopefully the other ones turn out pretty well. So it'd be interesting to see what people's reception are. So people can buy that on your big cartel. It's pink. It's awesome. I love colored vinyl. I mean, there's nothing wrong with black. Black is classic. And then when you're into the classic, black's great. But I do love the colored vinyl. And I'm going to guess, you know, when this sells out and you guys do a repress, we're not going to do pink. You did pink the first time around, right? It's going to be something else. So anybody that wants to get that pink vinyl needs to get in on that first hundred copies. That's the one. That's the one. I mean, pink is punk. I think Bam Margera said that like 10 years ago. But yeah, pink is punk. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's punk. It's nice that the, the shipping has kind of come down. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's the issue I had. I was trying to buy um, the new Turnstile album. I was trying to buy, trying to buy um, Glow On by Turnstile. And everywhere, like the only place I could get it was shipped from the US. So not only would it take two months to get here, but it cost me the same amount for the album to ship it. Right. So yeah, that was great. But managed to get my hands on it. So that's what matters, right? <laughs> right. It was taking a lot more. Now it's back closer to that two to three weeks as opposed to uh, nearly two months. <laughs> when it's two months, it goes out of sight, out of mind, and then it arrives and it's like it's Christmas Day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, forget, you forget about it and then you get a surprise when you come home. You know? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell us, who are those bands that you would love to play with? You'd love to be on a bill. Not that it necessarily means like, hey, we've made it. We're playing with so-and-so. But who, who would be one of those bands that you're just, you know, smile ear to ear like, yeah, this is, this is pretty fantastic. Just like holding that vinyl up, I'm sure, for the first time when it arrives. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. I think those bands... I mean, it's got to be Rage Against the Machine to start off with. I mean, I mean, when they came, it's like the universe looked at me, like went to like chuck a dog a bone, and I'm like, fuck you, you're not having that bone. When COVID came around, because when I saw they were back, it like, I'd never been so excited in my life. And then they were supposed to play Reading, and then Zach injured, I think he injured his leg, and then they didn't play. So I've had a ticket to see Rage Against the Machine's reunion. For like three years now, <laughs> and it's hard. Like it's so it sucks. Like they they didn't make it to the UK, which is horrific. So it would probably be Rage Against the Machine, not to insult Wade, but it would be Gallows with the with the Carter brothers with Frank and Stefan. Like oh yeah, well, not to like I mean Alexis on fire, great band. Not to insult not to insult the man, but it would be with Frank on the front and Steph on the guitar. And the third one would probably be. The problem with this list is like Rage Against the Machine aren't playing at the moment because they're injured. Gallows with Frank on together. My first, my third one would probably be Black Sabbath. Like none of these bands are active right now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like my, one of mine would be Slayer, and they are retired. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the problem with it. But it would definitely even just not even playing with them. I just want to meet Ozzy. I just want to see what Ozzy's about, what he's up to, how he's doing. You know, <laughs> see if the rumors are true. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen those TV shows. Uh, I mean, it's obviously been a few years since he did that one with his family, but then I think more recently he did the road tour one with his kid or kids. I only saw a couple episodes, yeah. but 
man, he babbles and it's hard to understand him without subtitles sometimes, but I've seen those videos of him performing recently and you wouldn't know the difference uh, listening yep. to him there. Like that comes back and it's just, boom, that part of the brain is just on fire. And then when he's not doing that, then you're like, man, you are getting old. You are not looking good. I hope you can stick around for a while. People really enjoy what you're doing. <laughs> but when, yeah. he's, when he's going and playing, it's like, oh, this is great. You got it's more like muscle you. memory. Yeah. It's literally mu- muscle memory to him. Like he, as soon as he's singing, you know, he's, gra- he's doing that Aussie mic grab thing. You know, he's like bouncing up and down while he's singing. It sounds amazing, you know, right. but... As soon as he's off the mic, he's not looking. He's not looking in great shape. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. he's going to stick around. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we played with bands now that we that we only knew of because we kept seeing their names repeated on lineups, and now we play them play with them all the time. So it's all about that consistency and just pushing and pushing and keep playing the shows and keep playing the shows because then that's when you make friends and that's when you get gigs because you made those friends. So that's that's how we how we've been doing it. How we keep planning to do it. It's all about the connections, right? That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> exactly. Along those lines, the bands that you've mentioned playing on the show, the, the shows that you have coming up and those bands and what you describe and anybody listening and hears your music like, well, I like what Cuffs are doing. Who are those bands? You know, And so that could be the right moment to get at least a handful of new people checking out those bands that we're not even here to specifically talk about, but they were mentioned at the right moment. That's the one. That's the one. I guess the only other uh, menial question I have is like, uh, when, uh, what are your uh, prospects of uh, of touring overseas? You mentioned, yeah, you mentioned uh, Europe earlier, but what about uh, heading to uh, uh, heading over here to the uh, United States or uh, any other of the uh, outlying countries on these two continents over here? Yeah, yeah. So the states is something we definitely want to do. You know, we probably. I mean, New York is the first stop, right, from, right. from the UK to start in New York. And then I've got a friend who lives in Pennsylvania. Is it Pennsylvania? Is Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania? Yes. It requested that we don't play Pittsburgh. We play the other place in Pennsylvania. Is there like two? Yeah, Philadelphia is on the side near the coast. Yeah, so Philadelphia yeah. would be yeah. one. So where do you see the band? in the future right we have brand new album not to look past that but shows coming up again not to look past that but say this summer next summer summer's festival season and not even just for live shows the only reason why i bring that up so much is because you guys are so great at the live show i mean i can't wait to be there in person but i've watched the videos and it's just those like the bronx is a great example i always bring up the bronx because watching the bronx live like i don't want to miss the bronx when they come because yeah. they put on a great show. I love their music, but their live shows are just even that much better. And, and that's yeah. what I would equate your band to is, you know, if I was in the UK and anytime you guys were in proximity, that would be one of those where, yeah, I've got to get to the live show. Yeah. I think in, in the next like few years, I mean, hopefully in the next like six, seven years, right. I mean, the things that we're singing about, We'll all be gone because you know if, if people, you know, the things we hate and the things we're the things we're singing about and singing against. Like, hopefully that that'll all be better, and we won't have to sing about it. And we can make I don't know what fucking Radiohead does or whatever, but like, you know, we can start making like love music or whatever. But I don't like looking at the way politics is going in the UK now and the people who are in charge and the, the bills they're passing and things. Like, I 
I can't see us going anywhere. Like I can't see us going away for at least the next ten years. So fingers crossed, we can we can keep going and keep moving. I think that's how everything yeah. is. You you go back to when punk started, and that's an evolution for an extremely long discussion. But you know, back to seventies and eighties, and all the way up till now, and what people are singing about, nothing has really nothing's disappeared. Right. It's yeah. mm-hmm. I guess you, you try to keep that positive attitude and you think about some of those things from the 70s and some of those things from the 80s. And they're better. I mean, they, they've mm-hmm. been worse, <laughs> yeah, but been worse. it's still there. You know, a lot of things are still yeah. there. And when some things start to go away, it seems like there's just something else. And I hate to be negative. I think in on one hand it's human nature and not to lump all humans in that way, but there's something somewhere, humans generally speaking, individually you can point out great stories about great things that an individual or small groups do, but it seems like when you put human beings in large groups, there's always something bad that can be seen or that is happening, and that's, unfortunately, I don't want to chalk it up to human nature, because that kind of makes it as an excuse, like, oh, that's just what humans are, but unfortunately, through the entirety of history, as we've learned history, uh, it just seems like that's inevitable. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's the problem, and when uh, when people who haven't got the best interest of a, a large majority of people get in power, then that's when things get a little bit dangerous, and that's when people start to push back, and I think I think that's what we're singing for. We're singing for, you know, the people who are suffering and, you know, for the things we care about. So I think that's that's what we're going to keep doing until and we'll keep going until the wheels fall off, you know. That's uh, the best most can do. Exactly. And we, we discussed, as long as there's people doing what you guys are doing, what so many great independent nine to five working people and they're putting music together so we continue to do this uh as long it's the same as long as people like you are doing what you're doing it's at least i don't know it's comfort right people we were recognizing that other people it's driven them to the point like hey i gotta do something about it and this is a great way to do something about it right we can't try to end each other by constantly like legitimately fighting because we I don't like what you're doing I don't like what you're doing boom we're going to fight for all of eternity so to have those things where you hear people like what your band is doing and so many other great punk bands are doing it's at least that comfort knowing that there's other people out there that have that same belief and are trying to do something about it absolutely and that's what makes this scene so great is that we all get together we all say what we don't like and we get in the mosh pit and get angry about it so that's what we like (laughs) we just get aggressive in our own ways that's the one that's the one brody thank you for joining us i appreciate you taking all the time that you have taken with us we look forward to the official release of the album as this episode posts before the official release but everything that you will continue to do we will definitely be your band always on our radar, uh, always looking to check out stuff from your live performances. I'm excited to see any of the videos that pop up, including on your social medias, once the, those shows come up here in a couple weeks. And, you know, before we, you know, we'll, we always mention it, but I like to do it during the interview, too. The more you mention it, the easier it is for people to remember. Where should people follow you for those type of things that we're discussing? How do, how do people keep up with the band? You guys do a great job of keeping us up with what the band's doing before it's always officially released. But for everybody else, if they happen to miss an episode of our show, where should they be following you guys at? 
So on absolutely everything across the board, we are at Cuffs the Band. And that's across that's across all the social media. So if you if you need an update or if someone wants to check out what we're doing, then that's where you'll find us. I forgot to ask, usually do this at the beginning when we're talking about the band Cuffs. Where did Cuffs come from for the band? I like the artwork on Bad to the Bone. I mean, there's actually a cuff around the, the skeleton's wrist. <laughs> but uh, why Cuffs? It's the symbol of restraint, you know? It's the, it's the ultimate symbol of restraint and the symbol of someone who may not be so nice restraining you. And I think it's very important to, to break out of that restraint. Otherwise, regarding the artwork you're on about, you end up as a skeleton who's still in that restraint. You never got out of it. So that's, right. where, that's where that comes from. The uh, yeah. very first artwork, at least for a single anyway, for the band, uh, ties all that in. Yeah, 100%. And we're, we're, we're glad we did. We're glad we went with Cuffs. If we'd gone with a name that was like some of those Midwest emo bands that are like 12 words, and that wouldn't have got anyone's attention. So. <laughs> right? I thought one. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Uh, awesome. Well, Brody, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we'll get to some more music from Cuffs. And we look forward to the next time. Got to keep up with the band. So next time, next go around when big shows are on the horizon, next LP, next big, great things for the band. We definitely want to catch up. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, guys. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for being on. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Come on.
man, that's why I love those guys. <laughs> right? And just as you heard in the interview, I can hear elements of Rage Against the Machine. I can hear elements of Gallows and mm -hmm. so many other good ones. We were just talking about uh, elements of Deftones even yeah. and to hell and back. I know. They got a lot going on there. And it is just so... I love hearing that aggressive industrial style music. Just sort of like a... In the same vein as uh, the likes of Show Me the Body, right? You know? uh, but Cuff, so they are doing it in their own, their own distinction. <laughs> right? And Brody even said, hey, we're trying not to repeat stuff. We're trying not to make all our songs sound the same. And I think you hear, I mean, it's, you heard one uh, at the beginning of the interview and then in one at the end. So there's a bit of time in between. But if you listen to those, you can tell they're not making the same track over and over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. But they still are kick-ass. Finally, finally, finally getting the long-awaited Cuffs release. Yes, the LP. Yes, the LP. No more singles. No more beating around said bush. We are now getting an LP. And from the, light, from the sound of it, it's going to be fucking awesome. I got my pink uh, vinyl pre-ordered, and you can go over to the Bandcamp to pre-order, or you can go over to the Big Cartel. If you go to the Big Cartel, you want to make sure you're... In Europe, if you're not, go to the band camp. And you can get that squared away. Thank you again to Brody for taking the time to do a uh, great interview with us. And thank you to Matt and everybody else in Cuffs for making great music. Always keeping that music on our radar so we can check it out. And then also, you know, facilitating getting that awesome interview done. Thank you, Brody. Eric, we got to wrap up the show. You got the track to wrap it up. Uh, yes, I do. And time is of the essence, so I will try to make this as succinct as possible. <laughs> anyway, the band that I chose is Enforced. Yeah, the band that I chose is Enforced, and they have a new single out called Ultra Violence. Enforced, they're a, you know, they're a metal band, a thrash metal band, sort of on the same... Sort of on the same speed of Toxic Holocaust and that you can tell they have Norwegian black metal influence. Um... But yeah, they got a bit more of a uh, hardcore edge to it as well. So they're fucking cool That's in awesome. that regard. Uh, I talked about them once before uh, last year about their album Kill Grid, which made the cut of top albums released in 2021 for my personal list. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, other than that, they have released a, a, a few different EPs. The only other LP they have is At the Walls that was released in 2019. And... Now they have an album coming out in April called War Remains, and that is going to feature this song, Ultra Violence. Let's talk about it later, but let's listen to it. <laughs>
So yeah, there's sort of an even breed of uh, Power Trip and Toxic Holocaust, and I love both of those bands. I love this band. And when I saw that they were teasing this uh, single, it was supposed to come out on like the uh, Knotfest radio, uh, which uh, Blood Clot also did, teasing one of their singles for their last album. So, so yeah, it's not a common, uh, uh, not an uncommon thing to do for new bands. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll see if I can get around that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they made a post about it on their Facebook. I, it was like the day before the single officially dropped. And I was like, hey, Ultraviolence, there are two other bands I know that have song titles like that, one of which is Lower Class Brats and the other Death Angel. And I even made a comment on there. I'm like, is this a Death Angel cover, kind of jokingly? And they commented back saying, no, this was the only song title we had that sounded cool. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm like, well, okay, fair enough. Ultraviolence. And yeah, it sounds violent as fuck. And Enforced, they are a great band, great guys, great to see live. I'm happy that I got to see them uh, last year. And also having to double up on that Amana Marth show. I talked about that. Oh my God, what a mess. But thankfully, uh, Carcass is coming back, so I'll be able to see them. And Obituary's coming back. Unfortunately, I'll be in Las Vegas for the sick new world. Dang it. Yeah, that festival. But it's like, I've seen Obituary twice. I have seen System of a Down never. So... Right. I gotta pick and choose my battles here. It sucks that I'm gonna miss Obituary twice in a row. <laughs> uh, they're one of my favorite death metal bands. Uh, what can you fucking do? Just uh, just keep going to shows, man. Well, that uh, enforced. That's before we move do. on, uh, that enforced LP actually comes out April 28th. Yes, April 28th. Yeah. Yep. And War remains. Yep. War remains. It's unfortunate, but it does. True. And I'm like, okay, but you kind of have a high bar to reach with uh, Kill Grid being uh, directly behind you. So, <laughs> but you know, considering how ultraviolent sounds, I got hope. I got hope, and I got high expectations. But we'll see what they have for the rest of the album. Look forward to it, fellas. All right, well, let's wrap up the show. Thank you again to Brody. Thank you again to Cuffs. Thank you to all the bands that reached out. We got to check out all that music together. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Music, Amazon, Music Player, FM, Podvine, and slcpunkcast.com. You can find the bands and Flatspot Records at Flatspot Records, at Law of Power HC, at Section underscore Hate. That's H with an eight. At the Red Light District, at Terror Hardcore, at Cuffs the Band, at Enforced RVA, and the show's at SLC Podcast. Eric, where can we find you? Well, be before, you know what else is funny about Section Hate's name? H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. Oh. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was meant to be. Uh, yeah, and, and that's why you never trust anyone with 88 tattooed on them. Because yeah. 88, HH, Heil Hitler. Yeah. Right. Don't trust the boneheads. guys, yeah. Yeah, don't trust the fucking boneheads. But here's what you can trust. Me, given my social medias here. <laughs> my main Instagram is uh, scaryuncle underscore Eric, E-R-I-C, uh, underscore S-L-C. And my bands can be found on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official and at theapathetics.slc. Find us on Facebook at anonymous slc and at theapathetics. And our band camps, anonymous slc and theapathetics.bandcamp.com. Follow my other podcasts on the Instagram, Lead Melodies, at Lead Melodies 
uh, underscore podcast and Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. Uh, stream the episodes on anchor.fm or on Spotify. And be sure to follow on Facebook the SLC Hardcore page. Just type in SLC Hardcore. That's what's going to come up. What else is going to come up? A shitload of flyers, my friends. A shitload of flyers. <laughs> Well, the bands are found on Facebook at Flat Spot Records, at the Red Light District, at Rivalry the Band, at Terror Hardcore, at Cuffs the Band, at Enforced RVA. The show, again, is at SLC Punkcast. Thank you again to everybody for sticking around all the way up to this point. Thank you for tuning in to episode 301. Eric, do you have any final thoughts? I got a very succinct final thought, and it's more of a comment that my father made about an episode that we had a... It was episode 299, the episode where we went off on those political tangents. Right. He made a comment about that, and it's like, oh, your father commenting on something political, you said? <laughs> but no, he actually appreciates how very uh, informed and well thought out we are in our little uh, rants, and he actually agrees with a lot of what we're saying. Excellent. So, so yeah, SLC Punkcast. Father approved. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice to know that my dad is uh, listening. It, it's it's fucking cool. So, yes, it is. So yeah, that's all that's all I have to say about that. And really, he just told us keep up the good work, sons. <laughs> and we will do that. Play the fucking outro. Yeah.